And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormie? Yeah, exactly! Anormie! Well, have I got the show for you. The all-new Magic for Normie show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, Magic for, for Normies. Normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing Magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic with Zuby RSS feed. Do-do-do-do-do. Magic for normies. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zubini for brand new to the show. The show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's episode, we are doing our annual end-of-the-year extravaganza episode where we talk about, you know, my top magic sets, my top magic cards of the year, and then we go into, like, video games and movies as well, too. Normally, we'd also go into my favorite standard decks of the year because standard used to be one of my favorite formats, but this is... Even though Standard sort of shifted to just Arena only for me, I kind of stopped playing Standard, and for good reason, because Standard was, just like 2020, an absolute terrible mess. So, before we get into that, uh, let's get into some announcements here. Uh, this podcast can be found on the following, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify, and I think on Amazon Music now, too, I think. Um, also... Uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me via Twitter at MagicWithZuby on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby. And I did start trying to do TikTok more. Uh, just stupid little videos. I'm not going to take it very seriously, but fun little stuff and um, stuff like that. I think my TikTok is just MTGZuby out there. And if you want to email me for any questions you may have, you can email me at MTGZuby at gmail.com. And I think that's about it. Uh, we are also sponsored by Cardsphere.com. Cardsphere, the best place to buy, trade, sell your magic singles out there. Uh, really awesome site. I personally use it a lot. And <clears throat> I guess we will get on with the show here. I need to, I need to <clears throat> ah, clear my throat here. I'm sure that's what you all want to hear, right? But, you know, that's how, that's how we do things here. So... Before we get into the normal topics, let's just talk about this year. This year has seen a lot of craziness here. And of course, here comes my cat because, you know, why not? Because my cat this year has decided to become, you know how I don't have a co-host for this show or even anything like that? My cat Prim has sort of become my unofficial co-host here because she's just with me every day. And she just, especially lately, she just won't leave me alone. So, what are you going to do? So, anyways, so this year has definitely seen a lot of craziness in terms of the pandemic, the political situation here in the U.S., um, the, the rising racial tensions going on, and just it being an election year as well, too. It's just been insanity. And I feel like as of this recording... 
it's not completely done yet. We're going to, the worst may yet be to come in terms of the pandemic and whatever craziness, because who knows what the hell these crazy radicals are going to be doing um, come January 6th. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. Oh God. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into that here, but um, I mean, l l let's also talk about like, Oh, just just personally what's been going on like so I've been working from home for almost two years now so that ha part hasn't really changed for me but it's I mean obviously I've gained weight this year I mean this freaking pandemic I haven't been going to the gym I tried going back to the gym back you know before the, like during the summer um and now I've just felt more and more uncomfortable and I'm plus I'm lazy it's like I, I need a gym to be able to work out and I know that's a horrible excuse but you know I'm lazy um, and it's just been, it's been one craziness after another. All right. If you're watching the video, you are seeing my cat's butt right now. Come on, cat. All right. Come on, cat. Get down. There you go. Yeah. And just had to gently shove her off. Just like, come on, cat. Um, and it's just been, it's been a year of a lot of self-reflection and a lot of trying to figure out you know what's going on and there's I, w w what do i really say here like, you know I, I don't have any planned prepared speech or anything like that but i, I just want to take a time to reflect on the past year and a lot of the changes that have happened to us personally both small and majorly you know of course the pandemic has created a huge impact for everyone worldwide and you know that that's something we have no control over we cannot control that and so you just have to sort of go through the motions of that what you can control is your thoughts and how you perceive things and how you react to things so that is something that i have been trying i've been trying to see the good in everything you know that as much shit gets thrown at us you know there's always a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel so past couple weeks my wife's grandfather passed away we had no idea that it happened or that he was sick or anything like that we got a call from the hospital uh, stating that her grandfather's in the hospital and he doesn't have much long to live. Um, you should come up and see him. And as distraught as that was and, you know, as bad as it was, you know, not a situation you want to have right before Christmas or any time, really, not just Christmas. But um, and then getting that unexpected news, because, you know, at least when you know someone is about to pass, you know, you, you, you sort of get yourself prepared a little bit better than when it's just out of the blue. Um, but I, I have to say some of the good out of that was we got to see him before he passed. We got to say our goodbyes and, you know, at least we got to see him one last time before he passed. So, and that's just an example of trying to see the goodness out of stuff. Um, and it, it's hard. It's very hard to do. And especially with, and depends on your situation as well, too, because everybody's situation is different and, you know, a lot of people have it worse out there and it's something that you know we, we have no control over sometimes so i don't know where i'm going with this but i just want to take a moment to reflect on the good of this year as as much 
crap and badness has happened this year, what were some of the good stuff that happened to you this year? It could be the smallest thing, like you got a new cat or you met a new friend or anything like that. You know, some of the good that came out of for me this year was that I started streaming more like, you know, I had streamed a little bit here and there, but never took it that seriously or anything. But especially early in the pandemic, I just started streaming EDH because fuck, there's nothing else to do. I can't go out or anything like that. So just started streaming more. And then I, I really started focusing on trying to develop a community for the first time in my almost five years of doing magic with Zuby. And, you know, it's not to say that I never had a quote unquote community before, you know, I always had group of listeners and stuff like that, but really never focused on setting up like a community. So my discord, I've started growing my discord and just the group of people that I've met there that I've played with a lot of times are just a great set of people out there and you know who you all are. And and it's something that I've never really focused on before. And now it's, I'm just trying to build a welcoming community where, you know, as long as you're not a shithead and you don't bring in shithead tendencies, you're going to be welcome. Just don't suck. That's, <laughs> and that's such a broad thing. Like, and just, just don't suck. All right. You know, and then you're welcome in the community. Just, yeah. But, um, so I've, I've been focusing on that and then it's been great. And, and honestly, it's kept me going wanting to keep doing content because as I said, especially last year, I thought I was done. And this year I thought I was going to slow it down a little bit because the pandemic's going on. And especially early on, cause I'm like, oh shit, I'm like freaking out. Cause early on in the pandemic, we had no idea what the fuck was going on. Right. We didn't know what the hell was going to happen with COVID and all that. So shit, man. Um, but but so f focusing on building that community and just playing with a lot of those awesome people, you know, helped me, you know, want to create more content, wanted me to keep me in the community and all that, especially with magic, because let's be honest, magic meetings is not always that great. Um, but, you know, you find a few good nuggets of awesomeness in it. So and the the other thing that really helped uh, this year was also doing the other podcast magic for normies with pixie kitten. And I, I, I genuinely love doing that. And let me tell you my history of when I've done other podcasts. It's, it's, I've had other podcast endeavors in the past. And if you followed me, you know what they are. And it's always felt a little one-sided at times. And, it's um like just one person doing the work. And even when we had a group of people um, and having our so-called leader not really pitching in to do any work. Um, Freaking cats. And of course, they're always like in the background making a mess and not really doing any work for it. You know, it, it's always felt like a one sided relationship. And this is the first time that I've gone in on a podcast endeavor where Pixie and I are both doing equal amounts of work. Um, and, and, you know, and it's, it's different sides. Like she comes up with some great ideas and I can expand upon them and vice versa. I'll come up with an idea and she'll expand upon that. And, you know, it doesn't, it feels like that it's not just, Hey, let's do a podcast. Okay. What do we do? No, it's, we're actively behind the scenes, especially when, 
we know we have a show coming up. We're constantly just throwing ideas at each other. And I love that. I love that collaboration between us and just how we come up with some very fun, silly ideas. And that's been a very fun podcast to do, especially when we get to do it live, like hearing the recording that you hear on the Magic Music RSS feed and even on her uh, YouTube channel. It's it's still good. It just sometimes not the same. It's definitely a show that you need to see live because it's a lot more fun because we try to interact and especially when we play games that interact with the chat as well, too. So that has been a very fun endeavor for this year, and I hope we continue on with it because I I genuinely love doing it. Um, the other thing that has definitely been good this year has just been... God, what else? What else has been? I'm trying to think of more podcast-related stuff. It's been, you know, getting to meet more people, um, streaming with a lot more, heck, playing way more EDH and with people more than anything like i've played more magic this year than i have in the past couple years and i mean okay i've got a lot of time invested in arena but sometimes i don't count that it's like i you know like it's magic yes but you know playing with the physical cards in hand and all that that that's more magic to me you know it's it's different it's different way different but um no so overall it's like those are some of the good things that have happened this year and you know it, it's it's always good to try to reflect on that and not not say forget about the bad because we have to acknowledge all the bad stuff that has happened this year we can't just ignore it but we also have to understand like there's there's been some good this year too as well so let's get on with um some of our topics here uh, we're first going to go into some of the top mtg sets of this year all right we are going to be starting off with the top magic sets of this year um we're going to start from bottom go our way top so i will say i don't think i included every single set here and i definitely did not include all the secret layers because there's just way too many, and I just, I don't count those. Um, I definitely didn't add, so some stuff I didn't add was Double Masters. I think that came out this year, right? Um, and I didn't add any of the, the the Zendikar Commander set or the Commander Legends Commander Precon sets as well, too. So those are stuff that just fell off, and I just didn't really care for them, to be honest. So starting off with number seven is Corset 2021. It was, it, it had, the good thing about that set was it had a lot of awesome reprints in it. We had Azusa's Lost But Seeking. We had Ugin in there. Um, those are the two notable reprints. I'm sure there were some other reprints that I can't remember right now. But those are the two biggest ones that I can remember that got, definitely got reprinted, especially Azusa. That was freaking crazy because that card's been like 20 plus dollars for a long time. Um, and plus with, the set focusing on Teferi, we didn't get a broken Teferi for once. I mean, the Teferi's good, but it's not broken. Hey, good job. Woo, we didn't get a broken Teferi. Uh, next up, we've got Zendikar Rising as my number six favorite set of Magic the Gathering. Now, I will say I did enjoy Zendikar Rising a little bit more than Battle for Zendikar and Oath of the Gatewatch in terms of flavor-wise. Um... I, I do I do like Eldrazi and all that, right? But Zendikar Rising did feel more... felt very similar to OG 
Zendikar. And plus the limited of Zendikar Rising was so much fun. Um, I had a blast playing limited with Zendikar Rising with Sealed and Booster Draft and all that. It, it was great fun. Um, but the thing that I found with this set was there weren't a lot of noticeable... Like, it didn't feel that strong of a set. Like, the modal double-faced cards are very good. I mean, and I say it doesn't feel that strong of a set, and there was Omnath that got banned, like, a week later, right? Um, Besides Omnath, like, a lot of the cards didn't feel too busted in it. So far, Lotus Cobra, yes, very good. Uh, oh, wait, no, the Ultimatums, that was Ikoria. Uh, never mind. Uh, Lotus Cobra was a very awesome reprint. And very strong in this current environment right now. And then you've also got my little buddy Scoot Swarm, Scooty Scoot. And it's such an awesome card. And it keeps making copies of itself. Uh, next up, we've got Theros Beyond Death. I love the original Theros block. Yes, even all three. Born of the Gods was kind of meh, you know. Uh, but Theros Beyond Death was a nice return to Theros. And plus... Had some really fun cards in there. The draft environment kind of hit or miss for me personally. I, I, I it was it was okay. It was okay. That was about it. Um, definitely not as good as Zendikar, but I put it above Zendikar because I love Theros more than Zendikar, and it was nice to see it return and see some of the gods again. Though it distinctly lacked my boy Crufix. You know, where where were you, Crufix? Come on. Why, why couldn't you just make all 15 of the gods? Kind of ridiculous. We need crew fix back. <sighs> you know, but overall it was a good set. The It did lack a story though, completely. But, you know, we did get the the uh, Theros D&D book, which was freaking great. Um, I read that book and it was great. I liked it. I liked it a little bit more than the Ravnica book, to be honest, because I, I like Theros more than Ravnica. Next up, we've got Commander 2020. Now, Commander 2020, I feel like hit it out of the park because the past two years of 2019 and 2018 were kind of duds, if I'm going to be honest here. 2020, all five of the decks were great. You had Otrimi, Cathril, uh, Gavi, the General Juro, or Jury. Ah, crap, I forgot her name. Was it was there five or was there four? No, no, it was the five wedges. And then, um, who am I forgetting? Because I got the Saltai, Abzan, Jeskai, Mardu, and Teamer. The Teamer one was, oh, oh, um, how could I forget? Because Baltan always plays them. Um, the Stegosaurus. Why am I forgetting his name? Um, Calamax. <laughs> it was like on the tip of my tongue. And Baltan's probably listening to this right now and just screaming. Calamax at me um but yeah Calamax they, they were all out, out of just out of the box the pre-cons for those decks were miles better than the past two years in my opinion um so great awesome job I loved playing them just out of the box I still have Cathril uh just pretty much a pre-con the only changes I made was I added the ultimatum for my Coria and um I added the Triome and there is one other card I added. I only really made three changes, but for the most part, it's essentially... Oh, 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 I added the other Mutate Abzan 
creature Nethroi, I think it was. Other than that, it's essentially the precon. Like I, I did not want to overpower it because even just out of the box, Cathro's fun. I really enjoyed Cathro. Uh, Otrimi was my favorite one though. Uh, next up uh, for number three is Jumpstart. Jumpstart is an amazing idea. I personally had so much fun playing Jumpstart. Uh, Pixie and I did a few games of it, and I played it a bunch on Arena. I think it's just an awesome idea. It it was so much fun to do, and just a great time overall. Um, I the the downside to Jumpstart was there just wasn't enough, and I still feel like. I have not been able to find Jumpstart again since after this summer. Like, I can't find it anywhere. Uh, in stores, that is. Like, online, yeah, sure, I can buy it online. But it's I love the idea of Jumpstart. It was so much fun. So much fun. And I want them to do another set like that because it's. I feel like it is the best beginner product out there. Um, just for open up two packs, smash them together, let's play, and it's a great way to teach players as well, too. I, in my opinion there. Because it's you're not having to worry about building a deck. You're not Because teaching a new player Commander can be a bit intimidating, right? Um, because Commander is so vast and wide and just all the rules are so insane. Jumpstart, to me, is the perfect sort of jumping point. You know, ha ha ha. Um, so that's number three. Number two is Commander Legends. You'd think it'd be number one, but it's not. So Commander Legends just hit it out of the park with the with the limited environment. I only did sealed on spell table with it. And I got to say, even though I did terribly playing it, I had so much fun playing Commander Legends sealed. And, you know, there's so many great cards in there. I'm. I'm working on building some new commanders and all that. It, it was just, what can I say? It's just a great, great, great set. And I cannot wait for the next sort of commander focus set because th this was just so much fun. Like I want to keep buying more boxes and just, just play instead of just crack it for value and all that. I just want to play the set. It's that fun. It, it's been such a fun, I, th that, that's the best way to describe it. It's been fun. And can't beat it. You can't beat it. Um, and I, I just want to see more. There've been some great cards, new partners in there. Really fun. Um, you know, what, what's more to say about it? Uh, and our number one magic, the gathering set of this year, if you guessed it, it's Ikoria. I loved Ikoria. I love the mutate mechanic. I freaking love it. It can be confusing, right? It's probably one of the more complicated mechanics that we've seen lately, and I absolutely adore it. It's definitely way easier to play on Arena because, you know, it does all the rules for you, but on paper, you know, you get used to it after a while. But um, Ikoria, and the other reason why Ikoria is number one is because of the Godzilla tie-in. I absolutely love Godzilla. If you know anything about me, you know I've seen every single Godzilla movie more than once. And um, I freaking love the big monster. So it's it's just been great 
It's been great set. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I loved the draft environment for it. I love Mutate. I loved the standard environment for it for a little bit before Companion. Like, after Companion got fixed, it was definitely better. But, um, you know, what, what's more to say about Ikoria is we need more giant monster sets like that. I freaking adored it. So those were the top magic sets of the year for 2020 for that I say that I really, really like. Whoa, 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 whoa. The the screen change and all that. So we're going to, our next step is we're going into my favorite uh, Magic the Gathering cards of 2020. These are all brand new cards, not a single reprint. And I'm pretty, yeah, none of these are reprints or anything. Um, so all brand new cards that were released in the year 2020. And we're going to just start off with the first one here. As you can see, it is Otrimi the Ever Playful. Um, Otrimi the Ever Playful being one of my new favorite commanders of this year and one of my new favorite decks. I took apart Muldratha and made Otrimi even better with some of the pieces from Muldratha here. And I love this deck. Yeah, it's a bit... It's a bit glass cannony, right? Because as soon as you kill my giant mutate pile, oh no, I got to start all over again. And you know, oh well, it happens. Um, that's just such a fun deck to play. Like even even when I don't win, if I can just mutate and do some shenanigans, I'm having fun. It's it's such a fun deck. I love it. I love Otrimi, and plus I love the art of it. Like look, he's just sort of bending over, like looking. Hey everybody, hey I'm I'm having fun. I'm I'm a crazy little nightmare beast. What the fuck? What the fuck is he anyway? When you look at this, I don't even know. Okay, yeah, th this art is just fucking weird. Like, is that when you look at what you think his legs are? It just sort of looks like it goes in a circle, right? And well, everybody watching the video, you can probably see. Um, if not, then just like pull up an art of Otrimi and just take a look at that. All right, next up we've got. Falthish Shadow Cat Familiar. It's going to be one of my new commanders that I want to build. Um, I was originally thinking of pairing Falthus with Rogak, but I'm changing my mind. I don't know who I want to pair Falthus up yet with. Um, but Falthus, I just love the little kitty. He's so cute. Such a nightmare kitty. I mean, I'm, he just needs some love. They just need some love. Or she. She just needs some love. I'm sorry. Um... And it's commanders you control have menace and death touch. So cute though. Look how cute. Look how cute Falthus is. She's such a cute kitty. She just needs some love. And just messing up all the books in the library as well too. From Commander Legends. Such a cute cat. And I love this card. So cute. And plus it's a and and especially when you're playing Commander Legends Sealed, this freaking card here is ridiculously good. Ah, my boy Rograk, son of Rogar, the zero cost kobold. Now, he would be like a D&D &D character personified that I want to create. So I've had this idea for a while for a kobold bard that I want to make. Like he's been ostracized by his little clan because, you know, oh, we don't like music and all that stuff. So, you know, go, go out and get out of here. But now, like, maybe, maybe Rograk could be the brother of that kobold bard or something and he's a fighter and but he's like the smallest fighter ever but no dude just look at this i cannot wait to build him i'm most likely going to do rograk and arden um because it's just too good 
too damn good. Love this little guy. Next up, we've got the Shark Typhoon. I can't believe how expensive this card has got. Um, I fell in love with this card as soon as I saw it. Shark Typhoon? Oh, so I can just create flying sharks? Yeah, everybody says, eh, cycle the card. That's the best way to do it. I don't care. I like hard casting this, and especially in Commander, because I have this in my Niv-Mizzet deck. If I can get this out and then just start casting all my stupid little cantrips and all that, oh my gosh, I've got an army of flying sharks. Boom. What can you say? Great card. Holy crap, is it expensive now? It's like 15, 20 bucks now. Something like that. Ridiculous. Um, such a great card, and I love the art. I mean, of course, this is play on Sharknado, um, if you didn't know that. But it's such a great card. So good. So good. One of my favorites. Oh, my gosh. As soon as I saw this card, Fiery Emancipation, spoiled in M21, um, I knew this had to go in Torbrand. And I I think I've only been able to get this survive once in a game of Torbrand and it, you know, completely decimated everybody. But I love playing this and then everybody just being like, oh, shit, uh, we got to take care of that right now. And you're just like, he, 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 you know, lightning bolt for nine, something like that. You know, um, such a great enchantment. Yeah, it's a bit costly, you know, six mana and. But so great. Deals triple that damage. And plus when you have Torbrand out as well too. Plus two of that damage as well too. Ha ha ha. Love it. So evil. Alright, this next card though. This next card's definitely an MVP for me. Nightmare Shepherd. So if you saw me in the last Command Fest. Uh, when I played Mono Black Ayari. Oh, okay, okay. Let's talk about that Command Fest for a second there. Alright. I got hated on. Chat was hating on me for that, you know, because I freaking killed people with, um, I was playing my Mono Black Ayara. All right, so let me just put this out here. My Mono Black Ayara is pretty useless when I don't have my commander alive. We had the three other people playing with me. Two of them were also playing graveyard shenanigan decks, like sort of sacrifice graveyard shenanigan. And then we had another... Uh, David Darby from Watsi playing is it like like token combo stuff it was a really cool deck by the way like I'm not downplaying anybody's um deck or anything like that but my Ayara just survived and when my Ayara survives it's just just starts going crazy and then chat was hating me on it which you know I, I did play the dictative Erebos at one point and you know I can understand that kind of hate but then you know, luckily there were two donations that allowed me to tutor up, um, get Nightmare Shepherd out, get Gary out, and then get a Born Overlord out as well, too. Nightmare Shepherd, one of my new favorite cards of this year. Probably the best mono black black card of this year, in my opinion. Um, so good in Ayara. Ayara is becoming quickly one of my favorite commander decks I play. Um, just the sacrifice shenanigans in it. Um, and you just get to, you know, it, it's so great playing something like Gary, right? And then you sacrifice Gary and then create a copy of Gary, boom, and just blow up the board that way. So much fun. So much fun. All right. Next up is the crab. 
the crab. How, how could this not be one of my favorites? Because if you ever see me stream or ever see me talk in my discord is I love mill and I'm planning on building an EDH mill deck, a uh, Demir, most likely Phoenix. And, you know, the and this is ruin crab. Um, He's basically a a sort of soft reprint of, um, oh, my gosh, that other crab from OG Zendikar. I'm drawing a blank. I cannot remember right now. Um, but Ruin Crab, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent mills three cards. Amazing. 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 I love it. And especially if you get like three of these suckers out, oh, they're milling nine cards a turn. Boom. Or if you're playing like a Simic version of mill with some ramp involved. Oh, man. Multiple mill. Oh, God. It's so good. I love it. I can't wait to build that in edh oh man and then last but certainly not least is a shia soul of the wild now i built this as a commander and i may have talked about it before in the podcast but if not i'm pretty sure i did but if you haven't heard uh, a shia soul of the wild is you know their power and toughness are equal or each equal number of lands you control and non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types so I had the idea of building this. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to build a Shia, like make it broken and all that stuff. But I set myself a goal of building a Shia with zero creatures except for a Shia. So I'm trying to think, how what's the best way to do this? Okay, so I need to animate my forest, right? So that's pretty much how I built a Shia. Like I have 45 lands and then a crap ton of ramp spells and a and a bunch of reanimate spell or an Re, or not reanimate but animate land spells and and fog effects as well too so that's the basis of the deck and it's i just ramp up a bunch and then try to animate all my lands and swing and win and that's pretty much what i do um great deck so much fun um it's it's been so much fun playing this and um love it I love it to death. So those are all the that that that's it. That's those are the top cards of Magic the Gathering of 2020 that are all new cards. None of them reprints. And I can't wait to see what we get for 2021 now. All right. So our next two topics that I always have every year is I like to go back and look at what my hopes were for Magic in 2020 and sort of discuss them and see if any of it did happen. And then discuss my hopes for Magic the Gathering in 2021. So some of you actually responded to me on Twitter to talk about your hopes for Magic in 2021, which I will get into after discussing the hopes for 2020. Um, so let's go ahead and get started with it. Uh, so I had, just looking back at what I put in last year, I put uh, make Planeswalkers legal as commanders, and it's never going to happen. It'll never happen. I mean, I know it happens in Oathbreaker and stuff like that, and even Brawl, but it, th this is never going to happen, ever. And it'd be an interesting experiment, you know? Sort of do what, sort of have them do what they did with uh, the the um, unsanctioned thing where they had uh silver border cards were legal for you know a couple months and then we do the same planeswalker you know you know um and then i had brawl queue every day in arena and it did happen so you know hey that did actually happen it finally happened i'm not sure exactly when it officially went all the time but it did happen though this year uh then i asked for commander in arena uh, not yet 
I think we're still a ways off for Commander and Arena. Um, I, I mean, I, will it happen? I hope. That'd be freaking awesome. But who knows? Who knows? Um, and then I asked them to slow down on the products, let sets breathe. We know that didn't happen at all. There's just been product after product after product release. If it's not a new standard set or a new, like, sort of other, like, reprint or expansion set, it's secret layers being thrown at us, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's way too much, too much going on. Um, so, yeah, no, that didn't happen at all. And then the last hope that I had for this year was bring back Magic Story as better novels. Sort of happened. I mean, we had a novel for Ikoria, which apparently conflicted with some of the card art, apparently, they said. Um, and then they brought back weekly stories for Zendikar, and they're doing the same for Kaldheim. So, I mean, they sort of brought back Magic Story. I mean, well, there was only one novel release this year, I think. So, it was an ebook. So, kind of happened. So those were all kind of the hopes that I had for Magic for this year. And um, let's go into what some of the uh, comments that I had for what you wanted to see for 2021 um, that I put out on Twitter there. Uh, so the first one I had from Jennifer Hanley. Uh, if Jumpstart hasn't gotten back to Arena, I'd like that to happen because I missed it. Yeah, I'd like that too because it was Jumpstart definitely a fun time. Um, I wish Wizards would go also go back to putting the player's guides in the bundle box. Oh, yeah, that's so they don't do that. In, I have not bought a fat pack or bundle in a long time. Like, I can't even remember the last time I bought one. It may have been like Kaladesh or something. Um, did they even have them back then? I can't remember now. So, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do they don't do that anymore. Um I wish Wizards would get it shit together and give us boxes that we can use to store our cards. So, funny thing about that is, those. do you remember the old gift boxes, like the Kaladesh gift box, the Battle for Zendikar, Cons of Tarkir, the Theros gift boxes, all those? I still use those to this day to store cards, and I freaking love them. Like, I don't ever want to get rid of them because they're nice and sturdy, and for 20 bucks, it's like the perfect kind of, you know, place to set your cards and so yeah i would love for them to do that like maybe the it's probably cheaper to do the new gift sets and like the plastic thing now but it's just not as good uh so the next one um eos g the game maker at dawn knight x said my hopes this year are the same as every year bring the power level of the game way down it's boring seeing the same few cards all the time and severely reduce counter spells or provide more options to counter them. The game is only fun if you get to play it. Um, interesting. So bring the power level of the game way down, which I do agree, because every new standard set that has come out has pretty much broken a format. Um, and it never used to be like that, ever. Um, but every set has pretty much broken a format. Mainly standard, but... There's been some other formats too that have gotten broken. Modern, Legacy, Vintage, um, stuff like that. Severely reduce counter spells or provide more options to counter them. Um, it is interesting because if I were to count how many counter spells are probably in standard right now, there's probably a crap ton. And then even if you look at the amount of counter spell options we have in historic, 
there's a crap ton as well too. But um, but per, or provide more options to counter them. Um, I don't know. Like, so I guess I would ask Don Knight X. You know, what would you suggest to be some options to counter the counter spells besides playing control itself? Um, you know, would it be discarding hands? Would it be making more uncounterable creatures? Stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it's sort of a tricky way, sort of a tricky balance there. And I'm not a balanced person at all. So, um, so I'd be interested in hearing what you think would be a way to fix that. Um, and then last but not least is Shannon Sprig 12. Uh, they said, I want to see more expansions of the competitive scene, both digital and paper. Hopefully they find a good balance of the two. Well, we know what happened this year was, you know, due to the pandemic and they had to, they had to cancel all the GPs or the magic fest and they had to scramble to figure out a way. And I still don't understand the competitive scene at all. Like, how you even are eligible to compete in, you know, the highest tournaments. I have no idea. I feel like they need to just make it simple. All right. Or maybe they have, I don't, I've not paid attention at all. I stopped, I've stopped paying attention to pro magic the past two years. Like ever since arena came into the forefront, I don't pay attention to pro magic at all. I have no idea who's who anymore. Uh, ranked sealed deck on arena. Okay. Yeah, so I guess I didn't realize they don't, they don't have ranked sealed on Arena. Uh, more cool crossovers. I agree with that, too. So those were some of your hopes for Magic in 2021. You know, if you have any more, you can send them to me on Twitter or email me at mtgzb at gmail.com. I'd love to hear it. Um, so some of my hopes for Magic in 2021. Um, uh, we'll start off from the bottom, go to the top, is better quality control of cards printed in the U.S., um, so as I would normally get a case of cards, like I, I'm stopping doing getting cases and all that, but as I got a case of cards this year, I had, I think two out of the four cases I got this year were from Japan. And then the other two were from the U S so, and they were English, they weren't Japanese cards, but you can see like where they were printed on. If you look on the bottom of the booster pack. And um, so and I think it was Theros and Ikoria that I got from Japan and Corset 2021 and Zendikar came from from the US. So when and, and I say that because when all the cards I got, the, the cases of cards I got from Japan, the cards were fine. Like the foils never pringled up or anything like that. And they never folded up. They're completely fine, felt very sturdy, did not feel flimsy and it just felt like normal magic cards we used to get, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Um, any of the cards I got in the US, the foils started to immediately curl, like just right out of the box. So it's they they need to figure out what's going on with that. And they, they need to fix that. And as you've seen on Twitter and on Reddit and all that, it's just getting worse. It's getting worse. So, um, my next hope is don't make spell table paywalled. So since Watsi has acquired spell table and since they've updated their terms of service to talk about monetization of spell table in their terms of service. Um, we don't know what kind of monetization. I just really, really hope they don't make spell table paywalled because if they do, then it's going to be the dumbest mistakes uh, Wizards does. And then another competitor is just going to prop up 
and just everybody's going to move away from spell table at that point. Spell table is probably one of the best things to come out of 2020 um, to be able to play magic in this pandemic. So don't do something stupid with it, wizards, please. Like, yeah, if you want to do like cosmetics and stuff like that, sure, whatever, fine. But if you make it paywall to where you have to pay to be able to play it, people are going to jump ship faster than you can, you know, think of. Um, and then, of course, for number three, a slowdown on the products. I don't think that's going to happen at all, but hey, it's one of my hopes. Slow down on the products. Huh? Another hope that I have for Magic in 2021, you know, I don't have Commander and Arena in here because I doubt it's going to happen. So I put in Historic Brawl Q in Arena. Um, I know they've sort of tested with that, but, you know... I would rather play Historic Brawl than Standard Brawl because I don't really play Standard at all anymore. I just mainly play Historic. So let's try some Historic Brawl, right? The times I've played it with friends and all that, it's been fun. Um, but let's get Historic Brawl a queue every day in Arena. Let's do it. And then my number one hope for Magic the Gathering 2021, and oh god, I, I would hope this happens. Um, I doubt it. I doubt it. But, you know... It's a, lot, a lot of these won't be coming true, but I hope there is a Legend of Zelda secret layer crossover for the 35th anniversary of Legend of Zelda in 2021, because it'll be 35 years that the original Legend of Zelda game has come out uh, since, was it 1986? I think it was. Yeah. 1986 is when the first Legend of Zelda game came out. And if they made a Legend of Zelda secret layer crossover, oh my god, I'd die. I would just buy it and just, oh my god, I'd love it. I'd love it so much. I I, I, want, I love Legend of Zelda, right? It's You've seen pictures of my like little Zelda shrine, if you follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, so I, 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 I would love for this to happen. So those are my hopes for Magic in 2021. Um, you know, like I said, again, what are some of your hopes? You know, let me know out there and, you know, send me send me an email or, or shoot me on Twitter. All right. We're going to start wrapping up this episode. Um, our next two topics are not magic related at all. And I do this every year. I talk about the best movies of 2020 and the best video games of 2020. Um, so let me go and start off uh, first with the best movies of 2020. And that's going to be really quick. Um, nothing. Nothing was the best movie of 2020. Yeah, I saw a bunch of movies. They came out this year, and none of them were that great. I can't even think of a single one that I even, like, would really, really, really watch again. Like, you know, I saw the new Mulan that came out. That was decent, but I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Um, and then, you know, there was the Wonder Woman 1984, Wonder Woman 84. It was not good at all. <laughs> it was crap. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I'm, just nothing was good for movies this year. So we'll move on to the best video games of 2020. Um, starting off from the bottom. So 2020 with the beginning pandemic, um, got into a lot of video games as well, as well as magic. So, uh, starting off at number seven is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I've been playing the crap out of this. Just multiplayer. Um, my go-to mode is Team Deathmatch. I love Team Deathmatch because it's like the closest to old school kind of FPS 
games. You know, you, you remember back in the day when you would do multiplayer FPS games, you go into a lobby and just shoot and kill each other. And there was no grinding. There was no levels. There was none of that. You know, no leveling your guns, getting new cosmetics. It's just go in there, pew pew a bunch of people and get out. It's about it. And you just had tons of fun, tons of fun. Um, and team deathmatch is like the closest to that sort of mentality of it. And my wife and I were Call of Duty fanboys, fangirls, and all that. We I have every single Call of Duty ever come out, and it's it's become a yearly tradition for us for to us to get the new one and play it a shit ton and just talk about it because we love it. Um, it's be it's become a it's become a couple's thing lately. All right, so our next game coming at number six is World of Warcraft Shadowlands, the new World of Warcraft expansion. Um. Definitely enjoyed it a lot. Um, I'm not playing it too much right now um, because I've already got, you know, two uh, level 60s and I'm just do doing some of the end game stuff. But the leveling of it was great. The story of it, I'm really, really enjoying. It's, I'm kind of waiting for a new content pa content patch to drop to get on more of the story. Um, Covenant idea is really fun. Um, very, very great. And I love the reducing the levels and making leveling a lot easier to get through instead of having 120 plus levels to do. So overall, really great patch. And I think it's been one of one of the better expansion releases that I, we've had for World of Warcraft. Uh, coming in at number five is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 plus 2. I guess that's what you'd call it or the Tony Hawk Pro Skater remake. For PS4. Um, I was I only ever played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 back when I was a kid, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, so I never even played one. So it was fun. It's the thing that I really, really enjoyed it. It's just such a fun pick-me-up game that I can play for like maybe 20, 30 minutes, if that, and feel okay just putting it down. And that that to me is great, and it's the game's really fun. Like it was hard for me at first to get you know how to do the combos and after i read and saw a few like youtube videos of just some basic stuff i can do it got a lot more fun where you can just pull off like, a crap ton of combos um just so good coming in at number four is ghosts of tsushima i loved this game like this was the perfect love letter to old school samurai movies and all that and i've seen all of um I've seen like all the Akira Kurosawa uh, samurai movies, you know, Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, uh, Rashomon, all those. Um, and I'm sure there, there's others I'm forgetting as well, too. But, uh, you know, Zatoichi and all that. Like, I love samurai culture. I love like the samurai history. Um, you know, I, I even took some uh, Kumdo back in the day. It's the Korean version of Kendo, uh, you know, uh, the sword fighting martial arts sword fighting and um really fucking hard by the way holy shit um so much fun it's and ghost of tsushima was the perfect love letter to it it's such a fun game the story i absolutely loved and it just such a it just overall i loved the game yeah i do have some complaints of it like it felt a little bit too checkbox choreless type thing where go here go here kill this do that but, you know, overall, it was the characters of the game that I really responded to and just the story as well, too. I, I loved it all. Just great game. Um, would love to play something similar of that style again. 
Next up, number three was Doom Eternal. So I loved the Doom 2016, and I I also actually played through uh, Doom 1 and 2 this year as well, too. I got it on the Nintendo Switch, and um, God, Doom 1 and 2, the music of those games are fucking amazing. Doom 1, I, used, I always used to think Doom 2 was the better game, but after playing through them both, I think I enjoyed Doom 1 more. But um, going back to this Doom Eternal... Um, when I first started playing it, I didn't like it because I'm like, I'm running out of ammo so quickly. Um, I, I, I'm dying a lot and all that stuff. But once you learn like that, you're supposed to use up all your ammo and, you know, do the oh, for whatever, whatever the hell they're called, the moves to be able to replenish your ammo and all that stuff. And just the way you just got to move around like the game gets freaking intense. I. Even near the end of the game, I had to put it on the easiest mode. And even then, I'm like clo getting close to dying and all that stuff. Like, it's not an easy game, but holy shit, was it fun. From start to finish, it was a fun-ass game. And oh my gosh, I will definitely play through it again. I, I want to get the DLC as well and play through that. Um, such a fun game. Great, great game. If you are a fan of the Doom series, that is one of the better games of the entire franchise, if not the best one. Next up at number two, it's a series that I have never played before, and I absolutely fell in love with it, and that's Animal Crossing New Horizons. Animal Cross, I've never played an Animal Crossing game before. Um, when I used to see my wife and kids play it on the Wii, uh, whichever Animal Crossing's game that was, I would just look at it and be like, this is dumb. Like, who, why would you play this? And then until when we got it on the Switch, I fell in love with it. I loved it so much that I had to get a second Switch and get my own version of the game. Um, and I have dumped hundreds of hours into it, and I love it so much. It's so good, so fun, and it's like kind of the perfect wholesome game for 2020 as well because everything is just happy. Just there, there's there's nothing bad going on in the game and it's fun. It's I don't even know how to describe it. It's very addicting as well, too. And you don't even realize like, oh, no, two hours just passed by. So, yeah, um, my number one game of 2020. And if you know me, you probably won't be surprised is Final Fantasy seven remake. So this is a game that we had been waiting on for a long time and playing through this game, just seeing it reimagined into the graphics we have now compared to when we originally played it back in 1997 is just phenomenal. Like, yeah, okay, so part one of the remake only features, you know, Midgar, which in the original game is only about four to five hours of gameplay, and they stretched it out to 40 hours, and 40 plus hours, I should say. And yeah, that may seem like a lot, but oh man, it's so good. They... Oh god, the whole game was just great from start to finish. Um even if you played the original, even though you know the events that are going to happen in the game, I will say you'll still be surprised though. That's all I'm going to say is you'll still be surprised at some of the events in the game. And um I I loved it loved it from start to finish and it's definitely a game I'm going to replay through probably when part 2 gets closer to coming out. But um, great game. Um, 
loved 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 the epic battle music of the final boss oh my gosh I, I listen to that soundtrack every once in a while it's so good so there you have it those are the best video games of 2020 for me and i think that about wraps up this episode here um so that's it that that's the annual uh episode of magic wazubi of you know ending the year of 2020 um you know let me know what you all think and i hope you all enjoyed it and you know what stay safe tonight and stay safe you know for 2021 and i hope your year is decent and goes well so thank you all for listening and watching have a great day